It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. This episode of Locked On Thunder is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. On today's show, we're going to have a listener mailbag, questions from Twitter, questions from the email, questions from Reddit. I went and got what you guys want to know for today's show. Also going to lead the show off talking about Andre Robertson, who we got into a little bit on Monday's show, where we discussed all the details about the NBA's return. So let's just start with Andre Robertson, because that's the guy that was been rumored to come back for a long time. He's who you guys are talking about on Twitter, messaging me, tweeting me, whatever, about Andre Robertson. And here's what we know so far. Eric Horn said that he has sources with the Athletic that are telling him that optimism is growing around Andre playing. Andre himself said that prior to the suspension, he was going to come back and play G League games, and then he'd be ready for the postseason. He said that on the Colorado Men's Basketball Podcast. And that timeline for Andre makes sense, because if you remember this season, Andre went to L.A., went to California to continue to rehab, and then he rejoined the team you know, shortly before the suspension. So you would rejoin the team, presumably, to begin to play at some capacity, whether it's in practice or in the G League. And it sounds like he was going to head for the G League with the blue to get prepared and try to make a run at this postseason. Sam Presti held his press conference on Sunday, and he basically gave a non-answer that this time off has been good for Dre, he's been rehabbing, and really that we have to wait and see what he looks like in 5v5 and in training camp and how comfortable he is once we return to basketball. So that makes sense. And the bottom line is, it's either your glass half full on Andre or your glass half empty. There's really not much in between. There's some people who look at him and say, if somehow he does play, then you're going to be a title contender, which is... Uh, fascinating to say the least that, that some people have that opinion. Uh, and then there's some people who say, hey, this guy hasn't played in two years. He's not going to be what he once was. And a thing that's going to be common on this podcast is the say it out loud test. So we have a guy here in Andre Robertson who prior to his injury was an elite defensive player, was a bad offensive player. Teams would hack him, try to get him off the floor that way because he couldn't make free throws. He couldn't provide anything on the offensive end, but he was an elite defensive player. 
He suffers a devastating knee injury, and he's out for over two years. He obviously this year had a setback because at media day, he was saying he was a full go. He was just oozing with confidence and just dripping with confidence where we've never seen that from him before. Even at his highest powers defensively, he never had confidence like he did this media day, and he doesn't even play in a a preseason game this year. He hasn't played NBA basketball in over two and a half years, and yet we expect someone whose game is solely and unequivocally and only predicated on defense, where you're moving laterally, you're needing explosiveness, you're really reeling, you don't know what your next move is, you've got to be unpredictable because really the the, the person with the ball controls what you're going to do. The person you're guarding controls what you're going to do. We expect him, after all of these knee injuries and presumed setbacks, you know, presumed setbacks in his rehab, we expect him to be what he once was defensively. And if he can't be what he once was defensively, if he can no longer be elite, even if he's just a good defender, can you even play him? Can you even play Andre Robertson if he's a good defender? He provides nothing offensively. And look, you can say he's a good cutter offensively. He is. However, this team is different. How how are you going to run pick and rolls and, and get to the basket with Shea and, and get that mid-range game with Chris Paul whenever you have a guy in Andre Robertson sitting out in the wing who you're defending while he's behind the three-point line in the corner, you're defending him at the block because you know he's not going to shoot. And if he does shoot, it's not going to go in. At least with Nader and Ferguson and and whoever else you want to plug into that spot, you're going to have to respect them a little bit. You might not play tight off-ball defense on them, but you're going to respect them a little bit, at least more than Andre. And given the two knee injuries, is the drop-off defensively going to be that significant? And in the postseason, you shorten your rotations. You you, You play like eight guys in the postseason. So who are you cutting out from that main rotation? Are you cutting out Dort, who you are hoping to grow with and you're hoping to be a part of your future? Are you cutting out Shea? No. Chris Paul? No. Steve Adams? Obviously not. He's he has no relation to Andre. You're certainly not cutting out Gallo. Would you rather play Andre than, than Baisley? Would you rather play Andre than Nader? And here's where we get into the discussion of, you know, maybe this is maybe territory. Maybe you will play Andre over a, or over a Nader or a Baisley. But you can also counter with, look, this team has been based on chemistry all year long and changing it in the final eight games could be detrimental. But also, if we're going to look at this, Andre's a free agent. Again, we're not sure if he can be an elite defender ever again after all these injuries. And we know he's not an offensive player. And can we just stop with maybe he's improved his offense? He's been hurt. He couldn't improve his offense when he was healthy. You think he's taken these two and a half years of nagging knee injuries to work on his jumper? And I think that we've gone a little bit too far with Andre Robertson. Yes, him getting, him getting injured was a huge blow to that OK3 team. They were a totally different team pre-Andre and post-Andre. 
And yes, the, the vast majority of people, while he was on the floor, did not appreciate him enough. That can all be true, while also saying, we've now, as a collective Oklahoma City fan base, have propped him up to be this amazing player that he just isn't. He's an elite defender. And I don't think he'll be elite when he comes back. And if he loses being elite, and I'm not saying he's going to be terrible, but if he loses being elite as a defender, you can no longer play him. He is unplayable. If, if he is not an elite defender, what he turns into is not a rotational guy. He turns into a bullpen guy. You think of baseball. It's all about matchups. I want the lefty to come in. I want the righty to come in. We're talking about matchups. That happens late in basketball games. And Rick Carlisle, this is better than anybody. All right, we're going to throw Andre in here for this one possession because I know that either there's going to be a dead ball or I'm going to call a timeout myself and we're going to be able to switch him back off the floor for offense. And Billy Donovan has done this before as well. Andre turns into a bullpen guy. It's a little bit of run in the middle of the game, but at the end of the game, he's going to try to be your defensive stopper for a big possession. But... Even if he is elite, this, that's not the difference in this team making a title run or a Western Conference Finals. That's not the difference. This team is going to go to the second round. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be more than we expected in October. But again, we've we've moved the goalposts so much on Andre Robertson. It, it, it's, it's almost not fair to him because now we've gotten these, this expectation from fans where he's going to truly change this team when he's just not. Again, just say it out loud. Take away Andre. Take away what you feel about his elite defense, what you feel about what he could have done two and a half years ago. He's a player that can only play defense. He was elite defensively. He suffered devastating knee injuries, which at the time we all knew was going to possibly change the way he played the game. And then you add on setbacks, and then you add on two and a half years of not playing, and then you add on a layoff to where I'm not sure if he's been able to keep up his rigorous rehab throughout these 147 days. Whenever actual facilities were closed. This isn't an off-season where you can still go work out anywhere you want to, anytime you want to. At the beginning of this, you couldn't go anywhere. And we've heard this song and dance before. I'm, I'm fully ready to go. I'm a full go, is what Andre said at Media Day. He didn't play a preseason game. So, in terms of if he will play or not, I'm going to say I'll believe it when I see it. If I had to bet, entertainment purposes only for the NCAA listening out there, if I had to bet, I would say he's not going to play. Now, the, to the question of how good can he be, how can he change this team, at best you're looking at a guy who you can possibly throw in there on a matchup basis late in the game. You're not going to insert him into the starting lineup and become a much better team. You're not going to you know, go from being hopeful to get to the second round to, okay, now this is going to be a team that can go to the Western Conference Finals. No. And believe it or not, there's some fans on Twitter saying that. And it's almost laughable, but I understand that the last time you saw him play, you saw a stark difference in the team with him and without him. But this is a totally different team now. 
They run a totally different offense now. And I don't know about you, I don't really want to disrupt this team for a guy who I don't think can perform. And yes, if this was NBA 2K and we could snap our fingers, insert him back into the lineup with the exact same stats, the exact same ability, the exact same, you know, everything from the last time he played basketball, yes, he'd help this team. Could you imagine a defensive lineup with Chris Paul, Shea, Andre, and then you can even have Gallo and Adams? Because even at that point, Gallo's, of course, not a liability, because then at that, at that point, you're only really hiding Gallo defensively. I trust Steven to play great defense. If Andre's back to what he was, I trust Andre to play great defense. Shea has the length and ability to guard anyone. He was a great defender last year as a rookie in the postseason. Going up against the Warriors, he was a great defender. And then Chris Paul has that, that ability to be tenacious defensively. But my fear is we're not going to get elite Andre Robertson. And if we take away his elite defense and even give him good defense, is that someone who you can play? Let me know what you guys think about Andre. Let me know if you guys think he'll just be snap his, snap his fingers and be elite when he comes back. Or if, or if you even disagree and think that, hey, good, good defense from Andre, even despite his deficiencies offensively, is good enough. Let me know on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. One thing that is for sure to be elite is rockauto.com. With the increasing numbers of makes and models and different manufacturers of your car parts, it's hard to know what to buy. You can't keep up with it all. And if you go into a chain auto parts store, then they're not going to have the answers for you either. They're going to ask you questions you have no idea what they're talking about. And then what they're going to do is, let me just break this down for you. They're going to ask for a part. They're going to type on their little computer. They're going to look at you in the face and say, hey, we've got to order this online. So you've wasted an entire trip that you can cut out and do on your own at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business. It's been serving you auto parts for 20 years over the internet. Some of you didn't know what the internet was 20 years ago, but yet you could have gone 20 years ago and found all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. So why overpay for the chain auto parts store whenever you can just sit at home in the comfort of no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Your living room and order the parts for your car or truck that you're going to need. That way you can take it and get it fixed yourself. So whenever you go to rockauto.com, tell them Locked On sent you in the How Did You Hear About Us box, and they'll get you set up. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So let's get into the listener mailbag now, and a ton of you 
threw out questions about Andre, so I appreciate everyone asking about Andre Robertson. Obviously, that's a topic we were going to cover in general, but a lot of you didn't ask, so there you go. And that A block was all about Andre. Uh, but Greg Stevens asked on Twitter, would you prefer Oklahoma City get their draft pick or get the fourth seed? And if you hadn't heard by now, which we've had like 16 podcasts about this, the NBA is coming back. The NBA is going to play eight regular season games. You can move up and down in the standings if you were inside the playoffs. So the Thunder could lose a couple games in Orlando and earn their pick back because their pick is top 20 protected with Philadelphia. And right now, they would owe Philadelphia their pick. However, they would still get a pick in this draft from Denver. If they lose a couple games and they get to that top 20, then they would earn two picks in this draft. Of course, it's one from Denver and then their own pick. So what would I prefer Oklahoma City do in this case? So this is an interesting question. What I, what I want them to do and what I would tell them to do are two different things. So what I mean by that is what if you're Billy Donovan, if you're Sam Presti, you tell these guys to just go play basketball. This is a team that's been built on being an underdog. It's been built on chemistry all year long. And telling them to purposely lose does not make a lot of sense to me. And we've seen a 147-day layoff, which is longer than last offseason, which is longer than the offseason before that, and the offseason before that, by the time we play basketball again. 147 days off. You need to play basketball. You need to figure out what it feels like to play basketball again. You need to get accustomed to this environment in Orlando, because this is not an eight-game stay for Oklahoma City. This is at least a 12-game stay for Oklahoma City, and we think it's going to be a lot longer than that. So you need to go out there and play play your brand of basketball to the best of your ability. That way we, you can get accustomed to life in the bubble, life with no fans, what it's like to play at 11 a.m., you know, whatever time that you're going to start with these games at. You need to play without thinking of losing or, for, or, or tanking for your draft pick back. And if you lose and you get your pick back, that's fine. There is no home court. You, you, likely your matchup even stays the same. We're just flipping on, on, on who gets to wear white. So if you lose, then that's fine. The pressure and, and the win-loss column is off you, but you do need to go out there and play basketball to the best of your ability. Now, as someone who's not a part of the team, as someone who's not Sam Presti or Billy Donovan or, or, or a team you know, member, I would say you absolutely lose. Because you're not going to fall to seventh. Now, technically, it's still a possibility, but we can all agree, realistically, in eight games, we don't expect the Thunder to fall to seven. So as long as you're staying away from the Clippers and the Lakers, which, which would be falling to eight, which is not possible, then I think that it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter who you play. I feel comfortable playing Houston. feel comfortable playing Utah for sure. Denver, you get dicey. But they're not a playoff team. You know, we've seen this roster go to the postseason and not really have the, the success needed. The dying Spurs last year took them to seven games. You don't think this team could take them to seven and then win seven? You know, win in seven, I should say. So I don't think that Denver is an automatic loss for Oklahoma City. But again, you can't have a game plan of tanking going into Orlando. Your, your, your priority is going to have to be playing basketball and have to be getting used to what it's like in Orlando. So what would I prefer? 
yes, I, I personally would like to see Oklahoma City get their draft pick back. Because I don't think that that means, again, playing either L.A. or I even don't think it play, means playing Denver. I think it means really staying where you're at. I think you can be five and earn your draft pick back. Depending on what Philadelphia does out east and teams like that. But the draft pick should be the least of anyone's concern. And again, I know a lot of people are sour on this draft class and a lot of parroting is going on. We're just kind of hearing a couple people say this is a bad draft class and then you're just kind of repeating it. Uh, But this draft class is not bad. It doesn't have a lot of Jaws and Zions. So for teams like New York, you know, teams like the Knicks, it's a bad draft. Teams like the Knicks, you're hoping to get LaMelo and that's pretty much it. Maybe you can talk yourself into Anthony Edwards. Maybe you can talk yourself into James Wiseman, which we've seen how we've seen how that works out with Andrew Ayton. But so you're not going to get a Zion, you're not going to get a jaw unless you get Lamelo. But there are a ton of true starting caliber players in this league and true quality contributors to a good team. So you can see a, a bigger value for winning teams in this draft because again, you're not missing out on a Luca, you're not missing out on a Zion. You're missing out on LaMelo, who I think can be a, a, a great franchise player, but I don't think he transforms your franchise. But later in the draft, you're going to get key guys who you can look at in a year or two from now and say, wow, they're the reason that X team won this playoff series. So this draft class is not terrible. So having two selections on a team that is trying to reload at the worst, and you can use whatever reword you want to reload, replenish, rebuild, whatever you want to call it, they're trying to overhaul their team in some capacity, having two draft picks, which is what would be ideal for for that kind of system, and also giving Sam Presti extra ammunition would be awesome, which leads us into our next question, and that's from at jclain underscore. He says, who would you pick for the Thunder if they got somehow a top three pick? Who fits best with Shea, Baisley, and Dort? So getting a top three pick I think is not as outlandish as it sounds on, on the surface, whenever you see a team in fifth place and you see the lottery odds and you see the fact that this team is overachieving and we expect this team to, depending on how these eight games go, finish in the four or three seed even, it sounds silly to think about a top three pick. However, this team has 15 potential first-round draft picks. They have Chris Paul. And I talked about this in the podcast about the Knicks. If the Knicks hire Tom Thibodeau, they're not trying to rebuild. They're just not. So they're going to be willing to go all in for Tom Thibodeau. And if you're going all in, would you rather lose a draft pick this year where we consider it's a one-player draft in terms of transforming a franchise? To transform a franchise, LaMelo's your best bet, and even he is shaky. Even he is not as defined and definite of, okay, this is your guy as Zion or Luka, uh, or even John Morant. Would you rather lose it in this draft or the next three drafts, you know, one of the next three drafts where we consider them to be very deep? I think that if you're going to be bad, these next three years are the years to do it because you have a ton of talent scattered throughout the top of these three classes. And I'm talking, you know, guys who can be at that jaw level where you just draft them and they instantly change your team. They instantly improve your team. They instantly get you on to into a playoff mode instead of a rebuild mode. So to, to your question, 
if the Thunder did somehow get a top three pick, which could involve trading Chris Paul, it could just involve trading future first round picks to move up, which I don't think Sam Presti would want to do. But to your point, this year, you're basically asking which of the top, if they get top three pick, who's the best prospect? LaMelo. LaMelo is the guy, especially for the Thunder, who I'd love to see paired with Shea. But as I've talked about before with Shea, he's unlike any other player where you look at Shea and you say, he can fit next to anyone. And I've, I, I've put this out there. I challenge anyone listening to this podcast to tweet at me, message me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles to email the show. LOThunderpod at gmail.com. What player in the NBA would you look at and say does not fit next to Shea Gildas Alexander? He can change the colors of his stripes and fit any player in this league which is a great benefit for Sam Presti. So of, you know, LaMelo Edwards and uh, Haynes, is there a bad pick around Shea? No, but I think that LaMelo is the best pick. I think that LaMelo would be awesome next to Shea. I really do. But that would take a lot of transactions. That would take a, that would take a big draft night surprise, which we've seen, seen Sam Presti do multiple times, but I, I don't see them moving up to three, you know, into a top three pick to get LaMelo. But it is something to monitor, as I've mentioned before. You have all these picks. You have Chris Paul. You have a team that's desperate with the Knicks. What are they going to do? They don't really have any assets to give up, which Keith Smith said on this podcast, it will take assets to get Chris Paul. Not Paul George-level assets, obviously, but some assets, and the, and the Knicks have none. So, you know, you're not going to get R.J. Barrett. You're not going to get Mitchell Robertson. So if you take those two away, the Knicks have none besides their draft pick. So that's that's not out of the picture. And I know that you don't think that they're actually going to get a top three pick, but just this hypothetical question, I would go with LaMelo Ball. So this comes from at Pepsi United on Twitter. And they say, with the plans of the regular season being laid out with the eight games, who do you think is the most realistic matchup for the Thunder? And who wins in how many games? What will the playoff rotation look like? And should Dennis start? So a lot to unpack here. Dennis, I don't think should start at all. I, I don't think that you start Dennis. He provides a lot for that bench unit. Six man of the year, you keep Dennis in the in the backup group. What will the playoff rotation look like? Again, depends a ton on matchups, but in general, if we don't think Andre will play, Chris Paul, Shea, Dort, Gallo, Adams, Schroeder, Noel, Nader, Ferguson. I mean, that's I think that's kind of your your lineup there. You're going to shorten your rotation. You're going to play limited amount of guys, and you're going to try to win some basketball games. I mean, that's pretty much it. You know, you don't really play your entire roster in the playoffs. And I think that when you're shortening up the, the, the rotation, those are your eight to nine guys, you know, maybe Nader and Ferguson battle for who, who gets to play, you know, that night. But I think that's your really rotation that you, that you have on paper going in. And if random things occur, maybe you change that and put Diallo in there and things like that. Diallo looks good on, on Instagram, you know, his, his post on Instagram, he looks good. He looks good, so maybe he can hop back into this rotation because he was playing very well at the start of the season. Before the elbow injury, you know, he was playing very well. So I'm interested to watch uh, Diallo once we come back with the preseason and, and regular season. Uh, and then who is the most realistic matchup? You know, I'm going to take this question and go a different way with it for a second. Everyone wants to play Utah, right? Like, there's no one out there that doesn't want to play Utah. And I know this is not your question. I'm just saying, you want to play Utah if you're the Thunder. They're the worst team in the in the playoffs. I believe that Memphis would beat Utah in a series. I believe Dallas would beat Utah in a series. I believe Houston 
would beat Utah in a series. I believe Oklahoma City would beat Utah in a series. And then, of course, Denver and the LA teams. Who's the most realistic matchup? Given the fact that we were going to play eight games in Orlando, which is still more than I thought we would. I thought, I thought that the NBA would say, hey, you guys are going to play five to six games per team. Eight is a, is a jump for me. But, you know, the Jazz don't have Boyan. I think that the Thunder beat them to open up the eight games. So that's a leg up on them. Let's move up into fourth and push Utah to fifth. You know, it, it feels like it's going to be Houston. And I see that because how, how thundery would it be to get the best matchup in terms of storylines? You get Chris Paul in Houston, Russ in Oklahoma City, and it's in front of nobody in Orlando. I mean, how crazy is that? So I want to play Utah. I think that the most realistic is going to be end up being Houston in a 4-5 type matchup. But we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. Again, with the eight games being played, a lot's up in the air because of how close everyone is in the standings. But I think 4-5 Oklahoma City and Houston will happen. And then Elijah emails the show and asks, should the Thunder trade up for the 2020 NBA draft? In the 2020 NBA draft, I talked about this a little bit with, with the previous question. They have the ammo to do it, both draft capital-wise and with assets of Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder even. And I do enjoy this this draft class. Like I've said all along throughout taking over this podcast, I enjoy this draft class more than I would guess 90% of people who, who talk about the NBA draft. But should they trade up? I'm not sure. I really think that in terms of trading up in this class, it would be only for a handful of guys, a LaMelo, an RJ Hampton, a Cole Anthony. I think that that's who you'd start trading up for. Haynes, you know, guys like that is who you start trading up for. If those guys go off the board where I expect them to go, you don't trade up. And we get into that debate of, is this a good draft class that lacks top-tier talent, or is this not a good draft class? And I think that people confuse that. Just because this, this draft does not have top-of-the-line talent in terms of overhauling a franchise does not mean that this tra- draft class is bad. And I cannot wait to dive into this draft after we get through with this Disney World experience here. Uh, and we'll do a little bit of that next month in July, of course, as we wait for the season to return. But good question from Elijah. Almost as good as Built Bar's. Built Bar is a phenomenal protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar with their chocolate coating on the outside. They are incredible. Low in calorie, low in carbs, low in sugar. What more can you ask for from a protein bar? They get you all the protein you need for pre-workout, post-workout. You can even use them as an entire meal. You can skip breakfast and just have a Built Bar. How awesome is that? Their flavors are phenomenal. They truly taste like a candy bar. No bad aftertaste. It's not a battle to get these things down. If you are in the protein game, the protein bar game, you know that some of these protein bars are just terrible to get down. You're you're fighting through it. You're suffering through it. With Built Bar, it's a protein bar that makes you feel like you're enjoying a candy bar. I love the banana nut bread flavor. I love any flavor with peanut butter, with the peanut butter brownie, the straight up peanut butter, the peanut butter chocolate. I love peanut butter flavor and the banana nut bread flavor. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off. Again, that's BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCKEDON, $10 off your first order. You're not going to want to miss out on Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So these next few questions come from Reddit. We'll start with Vinny Falcon, and they ask, will Nerland's Noel be on the Thunder next season? And this is an interesting question because it's Nerland's Noel. We thought that this was going to be a, a one-year thing. He had a bad ending in Dallas. He needs to bounce back. He performed very well as a backup in Oklahoma City. Didn't expect him to resign. He resigns, and now what is his future looking like? And I think that this can go either way, really. But I think that he does have a level of comfortability in Oklahoma City, which you cannot take for granted for, from, a, from a guy that has bounced around this league from Philadelphia to Dallas, now Oklahoma City. That comfortability is key for him. And if you're Sam Presti, I think you want to return Noel because he would provide you flexibility with Steven Adams, who's entering an expiring deal. And I know that he's a fan favorite. I know we all love Steven Adams. And we can have this conversation if the Thunder should trade Steven Adams tenfold for, for the next few months here. But if you do trade Steven Adams, you're going to need someone like Noel who can step up and at least play the center role for the remainder of next season. And Noel does that to a T. So if you're Noel, do you take a, a couple years in Oklahoma City and say, look, I'm banking on the fact that maybe Adams gets traded and I'll be the starter here. And then from there, I can prove to either Oklahoma City or to the NBA that I can be a starter in this league and get starter-like money. It's an interesting dynamic for, for Noel. If I had to bet right now, would he be on this roster come December 1st or whenever we're going to start next season? I would say, yeah. I, I, have, a, I have a feeling that, that they're going to resign him and that things are going to move forward. With Noel in Oklahoma City, it makes sense for both sides. Noel is comfortable here. He's played well here. Again, Presti, you get some leverage with the Stephen Adams thing. If you trade him, you're not just left with no one. So I think that they're for sure going to resign Noel or at least make a, a wholehearted attempt to. At least be truly trying to resign Noel. But in my opinion, if I had to bet right now, I would say he is back in Oklahoma City next year. The next question comes from Thunder Ravens, and they ask, realistically, Chris Paul trade this offseason? What is a realistic trade for Chris Paul this offseason, uh, or is he sticking around? It's interesting you put the last part in there. So, what's a realistic trade for Chris Paul? I talked to Keith Smith about this a couple weeks ago on this podcast, who broke the Disney World news, works for Yahoo, and he said, hey, this, the Thunder are going to get assets back for Chris Paul. They're going to get assets Unlike what we thought in August, whenever this trade goes down, you're looking at that contract, you think that Sam, that Sam Presti might have to give stuff up to unload him. Now, you're going to get assets back for him. And we can't go too far. I know a lot of you, after the Knicks rumors start coming out, you immediately jump to R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson. And it's not, it's not just the crazy fans out there, which will always happen. We love the crazy fans because the crazy fans are the most passionate fans that support everything we do. There's also some level-headed fans that, like, jump to that. And I was surprised by that. 
but you can't go too far with the with the asset thing. You're not getting an RJ Barrett level player. You're not even getting a Mitchell Robinson level player. You're looking at a, at a draft pick and a flyer. That's realistically what I think for Chris Paul. A draft pick, a flyer, and then of course you need to match salaries. That goes without saying. But in terms of the assets, it's a draft pick, it's a flyer. So for example, for the Knicks, they have a very high pick this year, and we've already mentioned how if this does not work out, you're going to want your draft picks if you're the Knicks in these next three classes where we think that this talent is going to be overloaded with, with, with just oozing out talent in these next three draft classes after this one. So they could overpay in, in a sense and give you a top pick this year for the benefit of, of keeping their future picks. So realistic trade package for Chris Paul, again, it's a, it's a player the level of, of Kevin Knox, who maybe Sam Presti still sees something in, young enough to turn his career around, and then a draft pick. I think that that's your, your trade expectations for Chris Paul. And Sam Presti has surprised me before, so that it does not set in stone what it is. But my gauge on the situation right now, a flyer and a draft pick, which is still, again, much better than we expected to have happen in August. I would encourage you to go listen to podcasts, like if you're bored in quarantine as we wait for the NBA to return. I would encourage you to go listen to podcasts from like August of Zach Lowe, Woj, and, and people like that, respected people like that, who were saying that, that you know, uh, Sam, uh, Sam Presti would have to give up assets to move Chris Paul's contract. And now we sit months later, and if you read an ESPN article today from the NBA Insiders, Chris Paul is a top five MVP candidate on, on their article. It's amazing what Chris Paul was able to do this season. And tomorrow, we're going to talk to Brandon Raybar from Daily Thunder, the beat writer for Daily Thunder. We're going to talk all about Chris Paul and all about this season and kind of just reset this year because it feels like it happened so long ago. The next question comes from Greystone on Reddit, and they say, is Robertson going to make a go of it and play this season? What are the odds this is the last we've, last we've seen of him? Talked a little about Andre at the start of the show. Uh, the, the odds question is interesting, right? He's an expiring contract. He hasn't played in two years. Will he? Let's break this up into two parts. Will he play this year? Will he play in these eight games plus the playoffs? Or will he not play? I would say the odds right now are 70% he's not going to play. And maybe I've been scorned way too much on this situation where every time you turn around, Andre's going to come back and he doesn't come back. But if you want to be realistic, we've got to say it out loud. This is a guy who had devastating knee injuries, said he was going to come back a few times, hasn't came back, hasn't played NBA basketball, hasn't played basketball in over two and a half years. I'm not confident after a 147-day layoff, including a period where you couldn't even go to a gym, that he's going to be ready to go. I'm not confident in that. He can say what he likes to say. Eric Horn can have his sources. I'm personally not confident in that. Is this the last that we've seen of him in Oklahoma City, even if he does play, no, no matter what he does in, the, in this eight games? He's an expiring contract, and this part is interesting to me. So for Andre, you can look at this one or two ways. You don't want to come back too soon, and I know that two and a half years, it's laughable to say too soon, but again, this quarantine in California where Andre was, you couldn't go to a gym. You couldn't continue your rehab for a portion of these 147 days. This was not a normal offseason. So you risk coming back too quickly and, and injuring yourself and ruining free agency this year. However, if you don't play, 
What does free agency look like for you after not playing for three years? I mean, what, what does it look like for you? If you're the Thunder, you're obviously not going to give him big money, but do you even do you want to re-sign Andre and give it give it another try for the Thunder? Say, hey, we'll we'll sign you to a minimum deal or a little bit more than the minimum just to have goodwill with you and, and give you a chance to perform. So is this the last we've seen of him is interesting. You're not paying him big money, and I would be, you know, I would be shocked if it's if it's even remotely past the minimum you know if it's even if it's even blink worthy past the minimum so to to put a bow on Andre Robertson do I think he plays in the eight games if I had to bet right now no do I think he's back next season if I had to bet right now no he's not on the Thunder roster next season is that set in stone obviously not I'm not Sam Presti but that's my opinion I don't think that he plays in these eight games I don't think that he is on the roster next year. Let me know what you guys think on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. That's at R Y L A N underscore S T I L E S. Do you think that I'm totally off base here that Andre's going to come back? He's going to be an elite defender and he's going to transform this team. Or do you think that, Hey, we've heard this song and dance before Andre's is what he is at this point. He's not going to get back on the floor. And if he does get back on the floor, he's just going to be a good defender and a God awful offensive player to where you can't really keep him on the floor. Let me know what you guys think about Andre Robertson because it is an, an interesting topic about the Thunder as we wait for their return. Again, at Ryland underscore Styles. Another fun episode of Locked on Thunder is in the books. Join me tomorrow for my conversation with Brandon Raybar of Daily Thunder. On Friday, Brady, Brady Trantham joins the show to continue the Thunder Book of Basketball series. This is Locked on Thunder on the Locked on Podcast Network, your teams every day. Go check out Locked on NBA right now. But be good and be good to one another. And we'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Perfect ending to a historic day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.